Welcome to episode one of Tommy's Tech Tips. This is going to be a podcast about um, computer science and all computer science things. So a little bit of a introduction about who we are. Uh, Tommy, my brother, he is currently a computer science major at Augsburg University and I am a software engineer on the field uh, for a Fortune 500 company. We'll just say that. Uh, And so this podcast itself is just a podcast for us to uh, discuss all things computer science related as we go through um, Tommy's journey. That's why it's called Tommy's Tech Tips. Uh, my in might provide tips along the way on certain things that you know let's say we do in the enterprise world um, tips on programming tips on things and on uh, you know different th- architectures uh, I don't say I will know I, I know everything um, but um, you know we will this is what this format is for is for us to talk about it Tommy anything else to add uh no comments after that introduction i'm just this is me i'm tommy all right so let's start this off uh with the introductory episode and let's talk about um you know what you're currently learning in computer science and uh how it applies and we can kind of go from there uh should i talk about like the very first things about programming or totally up to you tommy uh, sh- sure. We can talk about what I am currently learning in class. So today, uh, or I guess this week, I was learning a lot about um, arrays, and so it really is just very introductory to me. Um, all I know is that it stores a specific data type, and that it has a specific set amount of, or like a specific size that you need to put into an array, and I. I I don't know what, like, the biggest, um, what's the word for it? The biggest, like, reason why you wouldn't use arrays in, like, everyday worlds, because I know it's, like, very important, but I just, like, I know it stores a lot of data, but what can you use that data for? Good question. Um, so, uh, arrays are very important to be able to store all sorts of data, not just data, but it can actually store objects as well, right? Um, the, the important thing with arrays is that it allows you to organize your data if you need to, or reference them, depending on the, on uh, your language that you're using as well. But, uh, you know, it's good for like uh, sorting data. If you need to sort data quickly, um, you can do it very quickly doing that. Um, if you need to store, let's say, multiple objects or create multiple objects, uh, I like to use a lot of references to video games, right? So, um, like, you know, if you're creating, for example, because we played a lot of Guild Wars um, uh, growing up, um, Guild Wars, the character select screen, when you are selecting different characters that you have, those different characters you select are a different character. It's all an array. It's a character list that's an array. And then each index is a different character object that's being stored in there. So 
yeah, arrays are very powerful and they're useful because you can use them in, you know, a way to basically organize all your data, right? And keep your code clean, right? So otherwise you'll be creating multiple, uh, you know, sets of the same data just to store it or variables to store it, right? Uh, when you don't need that, right? Especially uh, when it comes to like programming prog pragmatically, um, you wanna you wanna try to make your code as clean as possible, and you wanna try to be as organized as possible when you're writing your code, because it's easy to kind of get carried away and write spaghetti code or write ugly code. So the use of arrays is really helpful and kind of like one of the core concepts of object oriented, right? It helps you kind of like keep it together if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, you guys, you guys haven't learned um, like sorting algorithms yet, right? Or anything with arrays, just how to reference them or what are you guys using it for? Yeah, we haven't actually uh, learned how to sort arrays yet. I think this is just like a very basic introductory to object oriented. That's the class introduction to object oriented programming. So it's probably very, um, we'll probably talk about like these data types and all those very basic concepts, but it probably won't dig deep into like how to sort them in the most efficient way or to find like the best algorithms for them. Okay. That makes sense. Um, what do you guys, uh, what's your like homework right now for your arrays? Um, well, as of right now, I think we are trying to, for our lab, we have a, like a cup class that we need to, uh, I think probably create arrays for, but I'm. It's very. Uh, it was just introduced to us. We didn't. I didn't really dig deep into the uh, actual content. Wait, was that? Was is is the cup the cup class? Is that like the cups is holding balls in it? Probably, but I'm not. I don't really uh, know too sure. I didn't take a look at the actual like instructions and all that yet. I just we just did the first like the first examples of arrays and then w along the week then we'll be able to uh, get used to it and like, complete the full lab oh okay yeah okay that makes sense um did you guys learn about linked lists and how linked lists work no, no we did not learn about linked lists at all huh. interesting okay so i assume you guys are probably gonna touch upon that topic as well but what uh what uh, IDE are you guys using? IDE? We're, um, like, are we talking VS Code? Yeah. Uh, code? Yeah, we're, I'm using VS Code. Uh, do you like VS Code? VS Code is great. Yeah, it's really helpful to organize, uh, especially, like, the files and all that. So I can always, like, take, because we're also using different classes. So we're messing around with different files. And uh, not really importing, but creating objects with that specific class. I noticed uh, with uh, Johnny, uh, Johnny is our other brother, who's also a computer science major. I noticed that with Johnny, he was compiling it in the terminal and then running the terminal. Is that how you guys are doing it with VS Code? Doesn't VS Code have a like? A, I've never used VS Code. That's what I'm asking. Like, doesn't it have like a built-in compiler or no? Uh, they have a terminal, uh, but our professors would uh, want us to. Uh, run it from the actual like I know command prompt Windows PowerShell to actually like direct uh, 
find the directory for the specific file and then compiling it and then running it as an executable file. That's the reason why they want us to uh, compile it and not actually use like the terminal that they provide in VS Code. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know. I mean, I did that too when I was uh, taking object-oriented. I had to compile it through a terminal, but I actually did not have VS Code. I had a Notepad++, but you remember that that's how I taught you guys. Yeah. So uh, it's, uh, I would say VS Code makes things a lot easier, right? It looks like it kind of autofills some code too from the way I saw Johnny using it. Um, but yeah, it's nice. Uh, I don't know if you guys have access to like IntelliJ or not. Uh, but I think they might even be, it might even be free for students. I mean, it might be worth looking into. I know you're using VS Code, but um, a lot of like enterprise uh, companies use IntelliJ if they pay for it. Yeah, I was I was also going to ask you a question about like what it's like the uh, like when you're actually in the working field, what kind of like IDEs do you actually use and like cuz like VS Code, I heard that a lot of people will just use it because it's really easy to use but like i'm i'm not sure if it's like the actual company what is it, ide for like programmers and all that yeah so i mean i'm i've i've not been in the field very long i've i've only had worked at two different companies but both companies used intellij at the time um you know i've used eclipse as well uh eclipse has it's pretty good now, uh, a lot further than it was back then. But uh, yeah, both companies use IntelliJ. Um, I, I think just overall, I think it's just a more like solid IDE or consistent IDE. Uh, so, um, but you know, there's nothing wrong with using VS Code, right? It's just, like I said, it's just an IDE for you to do uh, your programming in. So. Um, I, I also, you know, I, I don't just use IntelliJ though. I also use uh, Visual Studio Code. I use Visual Studio Code to, to uh, I find it easier than IntelliJ to edit like shell scripts and like, um, like front end applications on Visual Studio Code. I think it's a lot friendlier to those sorts of, uh, uh code syntaxes. IntelliJ is like, I, I find it to be very friendly with like, uh, Java, right? And so it, I think it works very, very well with Java. Yeah, and, and I'm also just uh, a quick question is just about like, what kind of, um, how would you like test code? Do you like compile your your like source code and then execute it? Or like, do you uh, like run it through like a terminal? Or how would you like test? So like in IntelliJ, for example, when I like test the code, I just click the play button. Because I already have it configured to like, you know, use this specific Java version, you know, and 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 execute it. So, um, yeah, in IntelliJ, I just click the play button and it just compiles the code for me. And it, or sorry, it does not compile the code. It if you click the play button, the play button in IntelliJ will just run the code, uh, run the application, the the compiled application. What what that means is um, like if you make any okay I'm sorry I'm taking a step back here uh, I'm wrong when you click the play button it does compile it recompiles and then it plays so you can make code changes and then just click the play button the key difference is 
if you we use the terminal as well sorry i'm let me just uh walk through my thought process here we use the terminal as well but we use the terminal to do a clean build uh, and and so not like compiling the way you guys do uh, but what a clean build does is it recompiles it uh, the application but because we use so many uh, libraries and those libraries have dependencies uh, where to pull it from for example uh, you want to use a, like a math library the math library may be pulling from uh, maven repo right or like specific like sports library right you or like an nfl library you have to go to nfl repo to get it right so um so yeah it's uh you have there's different there's different uh repositories where you can fetch all your libraries that are that you're using in your application so then when you do a clean build what it does is it recompiles but it also goes and re-downloads all the packages from uh that you need for your library and so uh that's needed just because you know we, whatever packages you might have might there might be an issue with it that you may have downloaded right or it might be like out of date right so you want to recompile get the most latest version uh clean build i uh, do sorry do a clean build to get the most latest versions and then it recompiles it and then it runs it so we use the terminal specifically just to that to do a clean build but most of the times we just run it locally in intellij but just click on the play button and that does the compiling and it runs right but we also debug in there too um, that's kind of actually the main reason why I like IntelliJ too, is because I can debug with IntelliJ pretty well. So I just step through and debug it. Yeah, and another question is probably just like, how would you like write test cases and like what? Because like, well, every time we want like an expected result, we just do like system dot that's a println. And for those who are wondering, I'm using Java for my object oriented uh, programming class. So yeah, it's like every time we have one like a specific result all we do is just like system down a println to get what we want but like i'm assuming that's not like what you would normally do when you're um when you're working in an enterprise you want like an expected result it has to be like like what what are you looking for for like your end results so that's a pretty big question uh i would say like um you're thinking about like if you're looking to test like happy path end result, you can you can functionally test that, right? You can functionally test that by logging out, like you said, um, or uh, for example, if it's like an API that you have to hit, right? You can functionally test that with your application. If your application's like let's say your application is an, an API endpoint and you need to hit it, you can hit it with like Postman or Insomnia and hit your own application locally. And say, hey, I'm hitting my application. Did I get the what I was expecting to get back after I hit the application? So, for example, if you're hitting your application for like data on your Guild Wars 2 character, you're expecting to get data on your Guild Wars 2 character. If you don't get data in Guild Wars 2 character, something's wrong with your code. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's there's a functional test, okay, uh, that would help with that. There's also unit testing, which would help with that as well. Uh, um, and so unit testing is like if you think about unit testing you have to think about like uh, uh different frameworks that can be written that can be used sorry different frameworks that you can leverage within uh programming languages that you can use to 
uh, write code. It's a different type of code that you write. It's a different syntax completely. It's a different syntax. Um, but you use it to uh, write code to test against your own code. So, so you can do things like, um, for example, let's say, for example, you write a method, right? And this method is supposed to do uh, add thing, add numbers together, right? You can write code to to check against that method, a test, a unit test, to check against that method. Say, hey, whenever I pass in these numbers, I expect this number to come out. When I when I pass in this, that's supposed to be wrong. I expect this to come out on purpose. I expect this to error out. I expect it to take this specific value. I expect it to do these specific things. So, like in unit testing, um, you can do things like that, where you can really drive and kind of, I want to say, bulletproof your application and bulletproof your code, because then you can write unit tests to really kind of solidify and make sure that you catch all your errors so that you don't have any issues with your code yeah and uh like when you're like test you know testing your code like you said uh a problem that i see is that like when there's like an error i always get some sort of like compiling error so like every time i try to compile it always show like oh this is a syntax error or like it doesn't you know it doesn't work because of um some sort of error in the code but like let's say you are like trying to test a case or something like that is there like any sort of way where you can test the case without worrying about like any of these issues and then like if it errors then it would give you another error because like let's say you want to um, you want to run like many different cases and then if it just errors out you just say like error but then it goes to the next test case to see if like the other parts of the code works uh yes but i don't believe you guys are there yet in your uh like curriculum um you can do things like uh like i think the way you're describing it is like a try catch clause do you know what try catch catch clauses uh like very briefly from my last semester course that introduction to uh computer programming i remember like our professor talked about like try clauses and or try catch clauses but I didn't remember too much about it. Yeah, so you can write um, try catch clauses around certain like pieces of your code, and you can force it to throw certain exceptions if it errors out. And when you, so when you make it when you force it to throw different exceptions, then when you try to compile it, and if if it compiles down the issues, and then you, you run the code and they run into issues, it will throw an exception, and it will throw an exception, and it will tell you exactly where like in your code where you got the exception from so say hey for example if you specify this is a character exception for guild wars's main menu screen for character selection if you do something during the character screen and it throws a character exception you know that it was from the character screen right like that right or like let's say for example in guild wars you open up the menu you open up inventory right you have inventory open and then you have like your your skills windows open too right and then it airs out right you have tried catch clauses on both windows you know already if it airs out you know exactly where it's airing out too right and so you you just do an exception then you lock out the exception is essentially what now we don't, we don't usually use a like you don't do system dot print ln most of the time we use something called uh, slf4 for logging and it's an annotation that we use for spring boots 
and you can just do and it's you, it's a lot simpler than writing system to out print ln um but it's essentially doing the same thing is, is what it is it's a it's just instead of having to always type that you just type like log dot info or log dot warning or log dot error and then and then it's a function call and in that function then you just pass in the string you want for example you pass in the exception message or you pass in whatever you want to write plus the exception message right and then it just logs it out I don't really have much um, questions on my mind or off the top of my mind right now, but do you have anything more to say? No, that, that's fine. I think this is a long enough podcast already. I think, I don't know how long this is, 10 minutes? More than long enough for our first episode. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully there was uh, some good insight in this conversation. We will continue doing more. Most likely I will probably do it over the internet on call and it'll probably be easier that way instead of having to go back and forth that way we could introduce another guest johnny <laughs> all right episode one tommy tech tips tommy how do you say it? tommy tech tips tommy tech tips all right bye bye <laughs>